Thank you, Jesus, this morning for your presence with us, Lord. And whenever we come here and we worship and praise, you know, it reminds me about often about how um, personal this, this walk with God is. You see, you can kind of um, make your Christian life quite mechanical sometimes, and sometimes it takes the intimacy out of it. Um, but I'm reminded of that daily when I start to worship and I start to praise him. Because praise and worship is personal. It's something that it, it, it draws you closer to the Lord. and It brings closeness um, of your heart to him. And, and, and that's what happens when we begin to worship. It, it's almost like we become aligned, aligned with God. And we lose, we lose ourselves and we lose our inhibitions and we lose our own thoughts and we lose our own agendas and we lose our own ideas and we lose our worries and we lose our concerns and we lose our different things in life that, that try to clutter, that try to, try to distract. And it's how easy as it is to be distracted. I mean, there's so much noise in life, isn't there? There's so many different voices, there's so many different thoughts, there's so much information, you know, look at the internet, the TV, you know. Sometimes we just need to cut things out and we just need to draw on him. And that's a cost. Um, but when you really, really love someone and you love that person more than anything else, then it's not such a great cost. It just becomes a part of honouring God and your love towards him. And I think that's an important, important thing. It should be a part of our lives. And this, 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 this worship and praise of God. And, you know, um, I, was praising, I was praising the Lord not so long ago. And I don't always find it easy in places, in times in my own life, because there's so much busyness, there's so much distraction. Um, but one thing it does, it actually, it actually um, creates a softening of your own heart, of your own, of your own intentions. It puts things in perspective. It changes the way you think and the way you behave. And uh, I encourage you all, if you do not feel like worshipping, do not let that put you off. Worship the Lord in your private place, in your private time. Make it a habit and create a culture of praise and a culture of worship especially in your family. Bring God as the centre person of, of everything that you are. Um, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the, this morning. I'm just going to see how we go because there's a few things and I just pray that God will unpack what he wants to talk to us about this morning because I feel that I'm completely um, in his hands. And I think that's where we need to be. We need to be in the hands of God. We don't need to be in the hands of our own confidence, our own independence. Sometimes we can be very self-sufficient, can't we? But, you know, the more independent you become, the more independent you become of his power and his grace. So I encourage you, if you're going through something, draw on his grace because you can find strength in him in your time of need. I know it's possible. In your inability, you find his ability. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's real, you know. It's not just nice sounding words. I found it true myself. You've got to put it to the test and take hold of God. And we're going to look in Timothy. This is the first scripture I'm going to look at. I'm going to look at a couple of scriptures this morning. But I want to look at Timothy um, 6, 12. 
Actually, we start from 11. We'll do 6.11. And this is Paul's epistle to Timothy. And it's a very practical um, epistle. He gives him clear instructions about lots of different things. Even though Paul, when he wrote, wrote, wrote the book of Romans, it was very deep, theological, great insight, incredible understanding he has on the gospel. And it's almost like he unpacks all the different things about the life of the spirit, the life of the, the, the flesh, and all the different things about the man of sin and the fall of man. And, and, and it's incredible. But Timothy is slightly different. It has a different edge to it. It's very kind of, um, you could say down to earth. I don't like using that word about the scriptures in the Bible, but it seems that way. It's, it's the outworking of this practical, um, the application of, of his ministry, this young man. Um, and I found this scripture um, insightful. It's in 1 Timothy 6, 11, but it says, but you are man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, and in 12 it says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. So your confession is a public confession of your faith. We don't have a, 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 a notices to to Timothy, but I believe it applies to us that we have a public confession of our faith. We don't have a hidden Christian life, even though Jesus spoke, spoke about do things in the, in the secret place and, and behind the scenes. He was talking about the attitude by which we do these certain things, but I believe that we have a public, we have a public ministry. Amen? But here, these words here, it says in 12, fight, the good fight of faith. Now, there's lots of uh, ideas about spiritual warfare. There's lots of ideas that, that people have about, in particular, about um, how we fight as Christians. And I'm not too keen on some of them, if I'm totally honest with you. But I do believe there is a fight, and it's the fight of faith. Yeah. It's the fight to continue to believe in adversity in tribulation, in, in difficult situations, in trouble, when things don't go your way. It's to continue to believe. And it says here, lay hold, lay hold, take hold of, embrace eternal life that's been given to you. So there's something of a response. There's something to possess. There's something to stand in. There's something to, to take hold of. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Often, the first thing the enemy will try to rock you with is doubt. And doubt is a thief. It's a thief and it sneaks in through the back door when things come your way. And this is the challenge. It's to stand and believe and to claim that victory. And we can preach, yes, Jesus won the victory and I'm in the victory, but are we standing in the victory? Have we, is it manifested in you? Or is it just words on the page? Or is it just a, a word in your mouth? We really do have a victory stand in God, but we have a fight of faith. We have something to lay hold of. And that's the important thing, brothers and sisters. You know, when, when things get tough, you've got to dig your heels in 
And I can tell you, this is how you know that you are standing in faith. Because we all have faith, and we know we have a measure of faith. But this is how you know that you're standing in faith. It's that you step into rest. Rest determines whether you're standing in faith. And, God, and that faith, that faith will lead you into a place of resting in God. God wants to bring us into a place of rest. Amen? Amen. This is where it goes from theory to reality. It's a good one. We cross over what we know and what we are and what we become. So it's no longer just words on the page. It's actually, I am now at rest. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, let's just go to that quickly. Now this whole passage, at four, uh, four, the end of 4, um, the beginning of chapter 5 is all about the return of Jesus. And there was lots of ideas at this particular time about what this would look like. And these days there's often a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear that goes around the church as a whole. I'm talking about. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes around that puts you in a position of fear. But we're not, brothers and sisters, to be in a position of fear. And this, this whole part of chapter 4, the end of chapter 4, and um, chapter 5, is speaking about the return of Jesus. And an interesting point here, as you read through the beginning of chapter, chapter 5, a lot of this fear comes from that Jesus will come unexpectedly as a thief. Now that's true for the unbeliever. But if you read, let's read, if you read for how it is for the believer, it's different for the believer. We should be aware, and it says to be sober, and you'll be able to see when the Lord's time will come. That's not to say that we know the date or the hour, because lots of people try to put dates on things. It's unexpected. We do not know that far. But we can see by the seasons. And I'll just read through. Let's read through from chapter 5. But I want to get, when I, I want to, get to chap, uh, verse 11 eventually because, because I think there's, uh, there's some great encouragement that comes from this. And it's to be encouraged. And it says in chapter 5, but concerning these times, let's go from the top, and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them. So he's talking about those who aren't the brethren, those who aren't saved, yeah? As labour pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. And this is what I'm saying to you, amen? It shall not overtake you as a thief. You are the sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the day nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those that sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let the, us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love as a helmet of the hope of our salvation. For God is 
did not appoint us to wrath, but obtained salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. And whether we are awake, wake or asleep, we shall live together with him. So this is the encouragement here. It's not just coming out of a, out of a just, oh, suddenly he's appeared. Oh, no, I'm not prepared. It's not going to be like that. It's that. He's saying, Paul, be sober, be watchful. He's bringing encouragement to them. He's bringing encouragement to their hearts. He's talking about, previously, about it come upon those who are not aware of Christ and have got no idea what's going on, who are just getting on their daily lives and do not know him. And when he's talking about the brethren, he's encouraging them. He's saying, be sober-minded, be watchful, be aware that this day will come. So it's an encouragement. And in 11, it says, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as also doing. Amen. And this is the thing, brothers and sisters, what we need to do, I believe. We need to encourage one another. We need to have an encouragement. And this is Paul's heart for the church, that he would encourage, that he had a heart of encouraging the brethren. He wanted to build them up. And I think also we should have that same attitude to build, want to build one another up in the spirit. Amen. So when we talk about the return of Jesus, he's saying it as a, an encouraging thing. He's saying you're going to be taken from here one day. You're going to be with him in heaven. So edify, comfort, comfort one another with these words that he's coming and he's taking you out of here. Amen. And I think that's the type of heart Paul had inside him. He had a heart of encouragement. He had a heart that he wanted to build them up. To say, come on, this is not the end. It's, you're coming out of this thing and you're going to be with him one day. Edify one another because you're going to be with him together. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, let's go to Hebrews 3.13. Because that speaks about encouragement as well. And I like to put a bit of context in some of these things that I'm skating around in. Um, but I do believe we need to live in that encouragement. And that's part of what I had to say. Um, is that we should be people that encourage one another. And I think it's essential. I really do think it's essential in these times. I think so, you know. I think we need to be behind one another. We need to encourage one another. If I'm putting it plainly, we need to build one another up. Amen. In faith. And don't ever feel like, you know what, if I say too much to that person, if I give them a bit too much encouragement, they'll somehow get a bit of a big head and they'll be filled with pride and, you know, it will be a bit self-centred and they might lose track of where they really are with God. Because it's not like that. It's not that type of encouragement. We're encouraging people in their faith. So we need to likewise take that lesson from Paul, how Paul was, and encourage one another in their faith. It's okay to say that's the Holy Spirit's job. However, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So we can't get into that position where we can just say, well, it's the Holy Spirit job and, and rid ourselves of any type of responsibility whatsoever. 
Because people do that. They would just say, well, that's the Holy Spirit job. And it's like they walk away. <laughs> no, it's not like that. He actually lives inside you. And often he comes out of you. So, so that's the type of heart. That's what, that's what God has put inside our hearts. It says in the scripture that the Holy Spirit is the encourager. And I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, he encourages me when he speaks to me. He's the spirit of encouragement. He brings encouragement to my heart that brings deliverance, that brings me in a position, into a position of faith. And the Bible talks about faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So when you hear the word of God, what that actually does, that generates faith inside of you. That generates faith, that encourages you, that puts you into a position of rest when you hear God. Amen? Amen. So there's a pattern. And I'm going to show you a little bit more in Hebrews how how we, we talk about the rest of God and it's linked to faith. And we look at faith. Firstly, we have the word of God that brings faith. And then from faith, we enter into the peace of God. I want to keep it simple for you. That's how that works. And I think that's fantastic because I love it when I'm at a place of rest in God. That doesn't mean I'm a pla- it's a place of inactivity. You can be active and have no rest, or you can be active with rest. Amen? You know when you're at a place of rest. I don't need to tell you. <laughs> you know through your relationship with God. And this is the thing. It's, very, it's subjective according to your own personal relationship with God. And that's the challenge, isn't it, there? But we also have it, brothers and sisters, to enter into it. Hallelujah. It's open for all of us. We just need to hear the word of the Lord in our hearts. That generates that faith. And we have that blessed peace and reassurance and rest. Whatever we do, we can live with that rest in our hearts. And I was reading through uh, Hebrews 3, and if we look at Hebrews 3 just quickly, because I found this very, quite, very profound, very moving. Um, because I was thinking back at, at the time in the wilderness, in Exodus, you know, as you read in Exodus, you look at Moses, and um, to be fair, Moses didn't have much encouragement around him. You know, and and this is how this follows. We're going to start reading in just a moment from Hebrews 3, and we're going to start really from, um, we can start from 13, but just add a bit of context just beforehand. It actually talks about, um, it's actually, it it says in 7, therefore the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as a day in rebellion. The day of rebellion was talking about that time in the wilderness, and we all know about that, when they was in a, in, in a rebellious state, and they'd rejected, um, you know, they'd rejected the words of the Lord, and they'd in a place where they was just going round and round and round, and there was like unrest. Um, and it says, in the, day, in, in the day of the trial of wickedness, where your fathers were tested, tried, they tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation, that generation back then. And I said, and said, they, they will go astray, in, they always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath, they will never enter my rest. So that's what they never entered, that, that promised land, did they? 
Um, but it says in 12, Beware, brethren, lest any of you have an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But in 13 it says, But exhort one another daily. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So the, the particular deceitfulness, the particular sin here is talking about the sin of actually unbelief. So this was the warning that he was giving um, to these Hebrews, but he, he was obviously using it, the context, the background, he was actually using it, um, he was using that experience back then in Exodus. So the actual, the actual warning there for the sin, the, the particular sin was actually the unbelief, the unbelief that they had in their hearts. But here he's saying in 13, but exhort one another. So this is the antidote. This is the antidote for discouragement, you see. They were discouraged. If you look back, they become discouraged and they became, they became uh, complaining. It was like a culture of complaint. And they were complaining amongst one another. And Mo, poor old Moses had a terrible time, didn't he? Because they were all on his back, weren't they? You know, he was God's agent. He was God's man. He didn't really have a team on, on side with him, did he? But here it says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. So this is the encouragement. This is how we overcome. This is how we overcome here. We overcome by that encouragement. And it's the encouragement of our faith. We need to be encouraged. We need to encourage one another in our faith. We need to get, in other words, we need to get behind one another. When things don't seem to look quite right, they're not going our way. We need to get behind one another. We can't just say, oh, well, God will just do that. He's give it to us. It's within us. We need to say, come on, you can do it. You can make it. Come on, you should do it. You know, I, I always try to encourage people. I don't do it all the time. But I want you to, to, to set it in your heart. To say, Lord, I, you know, I want to encourage someone today. I want to encourage one of my brothers and sisters today. I want to encourage them in their faith today. It doesn't hurt anyone. Don't worry. Just say, you can do that. You can do it. You're doing a great job. Keep serving the Lord. We're encouraging one another in the Lord. And that's the key thing here. We're encouraging them. We're encouraging them in their faith. This is all about faith. And the, the attack that came upon them, it was an attack against their faith. And this is where it here. It's, it's the unbelief. It's the enemy. It says it, it, it came to them through um, uncertainty, through adversity. And it caused them to question. It caused them to be unsure. However, God wants us to be encouraged. Amen. And this is what this is all about. This is an exhortation. It brings comfort to us that God is faithful and he's with you. Be encouraged in your walk with him. Amen. It does something to you when you get encouraged, spiritually speaking. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of critics around us sometimes. I'm not saying here, but in life. There's lots of critics, but there's very few encouragers. I'm just being honest. There's lots of critics, but there's few encouragers. And you know what it does to me when someone encourages me? It lifts my spirit. It does something on the inside of me. I hear so much report going the other way sometimes. 
I live in a, a very busy college and we're going for a restructuring. There's lots of hustle and bustle and people are being rearranged and some have gone and different things are happening and you know, there's lots of negative press. And I was praying, I was seeking the Lord and he spoke a word to me. I'm not gonna share exact, the exact word to you, to what he said, because I don't think it's relevant for now. But he brought such encouragement to my spirit in that place. And suddenly, I was in a position of faith and I was in a position of rest. And that's what we need to live in. Amen? It's that positioning that God gives us by his spirit, by his word. He gives us an encouragement in our spirit. And you, brothers and sisters, are a part of that encouragement. You might have a word in your heart that might bless the socks of someone today. Hallelujah. I think sometimes in church we, we look to the front too much rather than just encouraging one another and realizing that you have that treasure inside of you. And you can lift someone today. You can lift someone today because he dwells inside of you. Just to remind you that sometimes we forget that. He dwells inside of you. So it's an exhortation, it's an encouragement, it's an appeal, it's to urge you on, to keep going on in him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now if you look at Hebrews um, 4, let's go down to chapter 4. Because I think chapter 4 is lovely, I think it kind of really wraps up really what I'm saying today. It says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, lest us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. It's talking about them that were in the wilderness. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, with those who heard it. So it was, it was faith. You see, it was faith in what God says. This is what we're talking about. It's faith in what God says. It wasn't mixed with faith then. So it never profited them. They never got the benefits of it. They stayed in that place of wandering. They never found that rest. But it says here, for we have believed, do enter that rest. Believe what he's talking about, the gospel here. Here he's talking about the gospel. Amen. For we who have believed do enter that rest. Hallelujah. So we, we're in a place of rest. We can live in that place and we can be content in that place. Hallelujah. And I believe that God wants us to be active as Christians. But activity doesn't give you rest. God gives you rest by his spirit. And I believe in that place you become fruitful in what he asks you to do. Hallelujah. There's something about someone who's totally, totally at peace, isn't there? It's what the world is looking for. We was doing the Alpha the, uh, the other day and um, my mum said, um, she said, there's one thing about the Lord. I just know that I know that he's with me no matter where I go. And I know that I'll never ever be alone. And I thought, what an encouraging thing that is to know that you know 
that you're never walking alone. Never walking alone. No matter what you have, no matter what you don't have, you know that you're not alone. And I think that's, that's such a treasure. For me, that just blessed my heart to know that my mum is never gonna be alone, ultimately. Because you know, we can be concerned about these things, obviously, that people are alone and stuff. But to know his comfort, to know the encouragement of the Holy Spirit is a priceless jewel in our lives, isn't it, brothers and sisters? I don't know about you, but I love it when the Lord suddenly speaks to me in a situation, in a circumstance that's so unsettling, the environment's unsettling, everything's shifting sometimes in life. Some things aren't, we aren't sure of the outcome. But when the Lord communicates, when the Lord speaks to us, suddenly there's a certainty in us that grounds us, that underpins everything that we are. Hallelujah. And I absolutely adore that. And I love the Lord for that blessed assurance that his spirit brings to my heart. He wants to encourage you, brothers and sisters, this morning in this walk of faith. And this is the encouragement to continue to believe and continue to lean on, continue to know that I am your supplier. I am the one that can bring everything about. All your needs, all your wants, all your things are met in me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we do have a pattern, don't we? We have the hearing, we have the faith, and we have the rest. Praise the Lord. I absolutely love that. Hallelujah. I love that. I think God is so good, you know. And when doubt comes your way, I, I, I pray that you would have a filter and you would filter it out of your whole mind, of your whole being, out of your whole heart. And you would have a shield, you would have a guard around you that allows you to walk in his comfort. That's what we need. We need the comfort of the Holy Spirit in your situation. And I'll just pray that for every single one of you, that you would know his rest, you would know his comfort, you would know he's with you no matter what you face. He's with you and that cannot be taken away from you. If you know Jesus in this place, that's fantastic. But if you've never been born again and there's a loneliness in your heart, know that you can open the door to the Lord right now. And God can fill the gap in your heart and he can bring that comfort and that rest I'm talking about. You just have to turn your life over to him. Say, Lord, I've made mistakes. I've lived my own way. I've gone my own direction. I've lived selfishly. I've done my own thing. But now, Lord, I turn to you. I receive you by faith. And God will bring that rest to your heart. And you will know him. And he will be with you all the rest of your days. Praise the Lord that I'm in the house of the Lord, no matter where I am. I may be in this physical building. I may be in bricks and mortar here. But I'm in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Wherever I leave this building, I come back next week. I'm in the house of the Lord. He's faithful. And the scripture says, even if I'm unfaithful, he remains faithful. Hallelujah. That is a reassurance that we need in our spirits. That's what I'm talking about, the encouragement. So I hope you're encouraged this morning. Because sometimes I think it's down to my faithfulness, but it's down to his faithfulness. And because of his faithfulness, I become faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. Does that encourage you, brothers and sisters? 
It's responsive. Our, our hearts and our spirits are responsive to the grace of God. That's what happens when you hear the gospel. And hopefully you've been encouraged this morning. Hopefully there might be, have been a word of correction in you, in you this morning. But that's good because ultimately it brings you into a right place with him. And that's what it's there to do. It's there to make you well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. In Jesus' name.